0: Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Boom. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia.
1: Okay. Talk for me a little bit. Say some things. My name is Nicole. I'm from Long Island. I was on Big
0: Brother 21. I'm probably going to start with that. Okay, everyone, Nicole just introduced herself. Nicole Anthony, BB21, America's favorite house guest. Yes. Congrats. Thank you so much. <laughs> we all, well, I know you were a Big Brother super fan. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you've been watching forever. yes. For as long as I can remember, I've been watching. And your favorite—I know who your your favorite house guest ever.
1: But for anyone else who wants to know, my absolute favorite is Paul. Um, and wait, okay. So male is Paul, female is rock star. <laughs>
0: Side note: the way you say Paul is just amazing. Paul. Paul. <laughs> I love your accent. Paul. 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 <laughs>
1: So how did you get cast on the show? Oh, man. So it was actually my second attempt. I sent in a video last year and didn't hear anything. Absolutely nothing. And I told my family, like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, I feel it. And then this year I sent in a video and everybody was saying, if you don't hear back by April, you're in trouble. So I didn't hear back by April. I was like, darn, I guess I'll try again next year. And then it was like the beginning of May when I got that phone call. I was like, yes. <laughs> in general, what do you love
0: about Big Brother?
1: Oh, man. I think I'm. I was an English major in school, so I love, like, studying things and analyzing things and, like, dissecting them. And I think just the social experiment, like how people act and react in certain situations. And then who was Nicole pre-Big Brother? Oh, man. I would say Nicole was the same person, but very different in the sense that I viewed myself as this tough New Yorker that (laughs) wears like leather jackets and combat boots and nothing affects me and nobody's going to pull on my heartstrings and I'm a strong person. And I think that house just brought out like, not, not that I was being fake, but it brought out the real me. Like, it brought out my quirk. It brought out me just embracing who I am. It's okay to be quirky. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to not have your guard up all the time.
0: It's just so funny because based on what I saw of you, like, I would never think
1: of you as that tough New Yorker. Like,
0: you know what I mean? It's
1: weird because, like, that's always how I viewed myself. Like, very, for lack of a better word, like, hardened. Like, very, mm. don't mess with me. Don't get close to me. I'll push you away. Like, that kind of a person. And like I said, when I was younger, I was very, like, you know, barefoot in a dress. Like, you know, outside the backyard, like, skipping. And the house, like, brought that back to me. Like, it made me realize I don't have to wear this armor all the time. Like, I can just be myself and not have to worry about it. Yeah,
0: that's badass. Well, it's just funny because I brought Kat Dunn on, who admittedly had never even really watched Big Brother before... And she was like, I bet super fans just freaking hate me. Like,
1: despise Aww. me. <laughs> they need all different types. Like, if I entered the house to a house of Nicole's, it'd be a very, very different game. You know, you need the people that know the game, the people that don't, the people, you know, you need, in order to have that social experiment, you need to have people from all different backgrounds and all different interest levels. True. You
0: walk in the house. What was something as a super fan that you were just super surprised about from the very beginning?
1: Well, I would say the size of the house. You know, you, I watch it on TV and it all seems so spacious. And the diary room seems far away from the couches. The storage room seems far away. Like, everything seems so spaced out. And when you walk in, you realize how tight it is and how close everything is. So I remember looking and being like, that must be the diary room door. What else could it be? But it's so close to the couches. like You don't realize how tight everything is.
0: How many total bedrooms are there?
1: There are four bedrooms. Um, so the HOH room is for like, the person that wins the power. Right. And then we had three bedrooms downstairs. So we had like the Target room, which had three beds. The RV had three beds. And then two beds in the hallway. So, so all together, it was eight beds. So that first night, you have to share. No. Oh.
0: not pay me enough. So I had a fun question from Lauren Perry. She said, as a Big Brother fan, were you hoping going in that there would be any twists that you would want to happen? Like anything you'd seen before that you thought, ooh, that could be fun.
1: It's funny as a viewer. I'm always like, yeah, put a twist, put a twist. When I walked into the house, you suddenly think, no, there better not be any alumni walking in. There better not be any twins, unless it's my sister walking in. I don't want any siblings. Like, I remember thinking like when they were like, okay, your first twist. I'm like, oh my God, if freaking alumni walk in this house, I'm going to blow a gasket. Like (laughs) so different when you're in it than when you're a viewer.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just curious. Was there a twist as a viewer that you really, really loved?
1: Oh man, I loved um like the veterans when yeah. they came back as coaches. They pop out of suitcases. Like I was screaming, you know, when Paul came back, screaming when Nicole came back. Like I love that. Who did you uh just on
0: first impressions think like, Oh, this this'll be my friend. I'll like this person.
1: I would probably say Cliff and Jess. Okay. Because they were no offense to them, they were different, you know, Jess being like a plus size woman and Cliff being an older man, I know I'm different, so to speak, than your typical, you know, reality star. So I was like, I will connect with them. They're my fellow, like, you know, not as typical folks, if that makes sense.
0: So, so basically the show starts, you're kind of under the radar, I would say, not really in any alliances. You and Cliff become BFFs. Yes. The coolest thing throughout your transformation, I guess, through the show is, is like where you started and where you ended. It's just So cool. Like that first week, were you thinking like,
1: I'm going to be at the end of this? Totally. I mean, I walked into the house and I feel like you have to think this way. I walked in saying, I'm going to win. I'm going to be in those final two chairs. And I feel like if you don't have that mentality, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So it sounds cocky, but I did walk in saying I'm meant to be and I will be in those final two chairs.
0: Did you feel any pressure to join those bigger alliances?
1: not really it's I don't know why but it's just weird like I always said like I have faith in my God I have faith in my journey I have faith in my path like I just kind of used my gut and my intuition and kind of went with the tide and where I felt right so when this when I deduced that this large group had gotten together no offense to any of them I'm like but they're not my people Mm -hmm. I like it sounds horrible but like I don't fit in with them initially. So I'm not going to no offense be working with them initially. So I'm like, all right, let them do their thing. Hopefully they'll implode on each other and I'll just keep, you know, I'll do the Nicole thing over here and hopefully that works for me. They did really. I mean,
0: the, where it really went wrong and the worst episode that I had to watch and probably you heard is when you tell Nick and Bella, yep. that their Alliance is turning on them. They go to the Alliance and yep. turn on you basically if if that's kind of the shortest way of saying it um first of all did you feel like Bella had bullied you in that in that moment
1: um in the discussions Bella and I had well if you want to call them discussions um I would say I felt more like railroaded like you know just steamrolled you know not allowed to say my piece um I wouldn't necessarily say bullied only because it is a game. If it was out in the real world, I would probably say bullied. But because it's a game, you know, I sat on the bed, not getting a word in edgewise and saying in my head, like, this girl's good. Like, she's steamrolling me. She's playing, like, you can't deny from a game standpoint, like, kudos. She is burying me. So, yes, I was frustrated and I was upset and I was hurt. But because it was a game, I can't, I can't knock it, you know?
0: It was just so crazy hearing her, like, call you a crazy bitch or a stupid bitch or something. And I was like,
1: what? Yeah. uh, But I guess the way – first of all, I I wasn't in the room for that kind of stuff, and I didn't hear that kind of stuff, so maybe that's why I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. But I feel as though they were in this alliance. They were trying to all work together. They were trying to find their scapegoat. They knew everything I said about each other was correct, and so they were all like, shit. But none of them wanted to go home, so it's like, let's have this mob mentality – get out the scapegoat and we'll all make it to final eight or nine or whatever it was they wanted to make it to. Nine. But didn't work out that
0: way. <laughs> have you watched that clip at all?
1: I have not. I've seen um, a fan made for me like a montage of me, like how I started and how I ended. Right. So I saw the footage of me like walking up the steps. So what I did was I muted it. So I've actually seen the footage of them all jumping up and yelling, but I haven't actually heard it. Um, I know the live feeds were a lot worse than the episode. I have not watched any of the live feeds. So, like, slowly but surely, I'm kind of, like, getting l- more bits and pieces of it.
0: Well, yeah. So, basically, you go upstairs, and you get the door. You're, what, what the heck's going on? What What is everyone talking about? And you get the door shut in your face. Like, what did
1: that feel like? Oh, man. That was where the tough <laughs> New Yorker came out. And I... I was fuming. I was I remember walking downstairs and being like this is bullshit. Let me in that room. I will bury them. Because my whole argument was I knew I was telling the truth. Like I'm a bad liar, but I knew I was telling the truth. So I'm like, Go ahead, let me in the room. Like I will tell all of them. I'm not gonna scream over you, I'm not gonna yell over you. But you guys are all delusional if you don't think I'm telling the truth about each and every one of you. Like it's fine if I was scapegoated, but they would have seen in future weeks that it was all gonna go south anyway. But in that moment, I remember just being so angry. I love Mickey now. But in that moment that this big, you know, jock type figure is slamming the door on this quirky, redhead, naive. Like, I was like, oh, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be, you know, outcasted. And also because Mickey knew that you were right.
0: Yes. And he was still kind of playing this whole like, oh, how dare she? Yeah. Oh, I mean, are you and Bella cool now? Did she ever have a conversation with you about her behavior?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's interesting because I didn't know they didn't air any of this, but the week that I think it was like the following week that Bella was on the block, everybody, you know, ostracized her and Nick and didn't want to talk. Even Sam didn't want to talk to them. And I was actually one of the very few people talking to them. I was actually trying to advocate um, to get Bella to stay because in my brain, I'd rather Bella stay than Jack. Like, you know, I was more thinking of, like, the game and the numbers game. So her and I actually ended on good terms. You know, she apologized. We talked everything out. I helped her pack, you know. So we ended on good terms before she even was evicted. Um, So, yeah, we're good now. I know she uh, just texted me that she wanted to call and catch up. So, yeah.
0: Oh, cute. Yeah. Another cute moment was when Ovi had your back. Yes. And he went up there. And was like, this ain't right, guys. Like, are you? I mean, I know y'all are still close. You just posted yeah. that you were together, but that was so sweet.
1: It was so sweet, and I didn't give it enough credit. Like in the moment, like I said, I was fuming. I was so upset, and I remember like vaguely, you know, Obi going up there and being, "What is all your guys' problem? You don't do this to people. not right. how you treat people." And I remember being like, you know, in my head, like, "Oh, that's that's nice of him to do that," but I was so caught up in everything. It wasn't until finale night when like Julie Chen put everything in, into perspective. I was like, Oh my God, this guy put his head on the guillotine for me. You. Like, you know, to go up there and say what you're doing is wrong. And that's, I, I told him in person, I said, I still haven't thanked you enough or giving you enough credit for what you've done. Yeah. Cause that obviously was not a good move
0: for him. No. Nicole Kathleen, and you might've already kind of answered this, but uh, does she feel like she received genuine apologies from the house guests involved in that night?
1: Um, I think so. And hopefully this isn't horrible for me to say, but I'm a straight shooter. I say what I mean. I mean, what I say have gotten, um, apologies. I've gotten an apology from Bella. Like I said, inside the house before Mm -hmm. she left, I've gotten apologies from Nick, you know, in the house before he was evicted. Well, actually in the house earlier in the weeks in the house before he was evicted and outside of the house. And I also got a phone call from Tommy Um, and he spoke to me, he's like, you know, he goes, this phone call is an apology because I want to talk about my behavior that day. I want to talk about how I felt, why I said what I said, and I'm sorry for it. So I would argue from those three people, I've gotten specific like black and white apologies. I know everybody else does feel bad and has moved forward and I get along with every single one of them. But when it comes to specific apologies, it would just be them three. Not a good percentage of the group, in my opinion. How did
0: you move forward, though? Because you just continued with your social game with people who treated you like butt. So how did you do that?
1: Well, oh, man, I always say Nicole, like four or five years ago, would have reacted very differently. And I know some people in the house questioned if I was telling the truth in regards to this. Mm-hmm. But I was never bullied as a child. I was bullied as an adult. So I've been bullied at the college level i've been bullied at like in the workplace you know what i mean so going through those type of things taught me a lot like when i went through those things i harbored a lot of hate and a lot of resentment and a lot of i don't forgive i'll never talk to that person again and just working through those and realizing it's not worth it to do that in the house amplified because it's a game i was like it's not worth it if i'm gonna be angry at all the people in that room that's more than half the house true and then Come back left That's you know A bunch of my people So then I'm like If I'm gonna be like This angsty like Nope I don't forgive I hate everybody I'm just shooting myself In the foot A as a game You know from a game standpoint But also As a human being You know I have to live In that house It's just not worth it To harbor that So my thought process was Move forward Try to build relationships With these people And I did Like I I genuinely mean it When I say I love Each and every one of them
0: Let's talk about something That you not got flack on But everyone kind of Uh, was confused, was double eviction night. Yes. Uh, uh, You win the HOH, and you decide to evict Christy. Yes. Which even Christy was like WTF. That was uh, (laughs)
1: unexpected. So uh, your reasoning behind that, if you can recall? (laughs) At that point in the house, um, that was obviously double eviction night. So there were seven of us, but we all knew Jess was leaving. Mm -hmm. So we knew it was going to be three duos. Mickey, Holly, Cliff, Nicole, Christy, Tommy. And Cliff and I went back and forth a lot about this. And we said, if one of us were to win double, which direction are we headed? And it's, it's kind of hard from like a viewer standpoint, because I see like the dilemma, like, why would she do that? But when you're living in the house, like Cliff and I were working with Mickey and Holly for so long. Mickey and Holly kept us safe for so long. And I love Christy and Tommy to death, but in the house... I was always closer to Mickey and Holly. They were always more so there for me and more so talking game with me and, you know, consoling me if things were going south. Christy and Tommy were always more so, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll work together one day, but then we wouldn't. Or they would whisper more behind my back or they would, like, have alliances with other people as opposed to me. So the way me and Cliff always saw it was, let's stay loyal to the people that were loyal to us and the people that are more easily read, you know what I mean? And we're like, you know what? Christy and Tommy are a big threat when it comes to having the days memorized and that kind of stuff. And we're like, you know what? Let's stick with it. At that point, double eviction night, the two big targets in my brain were Mickey or Christy, And we went the Christy route. Was there ever a shot you were going to go with Mickey? (sighs) I don't think so. No. I really don't think so. Like, I could say like, oh, would I? But in that moment, I won that HOH. I turned to Cliff and we were both like Christy, And we just went right for it. Like, there was never like a... Like I understand what a beast and a competitor Mickey is, but it was never it was kind of like a paying back. Like he kept me and Cliff safe. Holly kept me and Cliff safe. It was kinda of like, okay, let's return the favor.
0: So but you also said in the diary room at some point that you felt like something was up with Tommy and Christy. Yes. Whether it was that you knew that they knew each other or, or I don't know what you what you meant by that, but when you evicted let, let well let's let's go about the lie. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So hold on. What was her? uh, I want to get the name of the person right. Oh, I I lost it. But someone said Mickey finds out that people are targeting him. Yes. And so he convinces everyone to target Tommy.
1: Yes. (laughs) My, okay. So I knew that Mickey was lying. I knew he was blowing smoke. Cause I remember in the RV, him walking in and being like, Cliff Cole, I need to tell you something. And I knew I, I, I'm such a good read of people. I've known Mickey for what? It was like 70 something days by then. I was so mad. And that's why I, I don't know if you've ever seen a live feeds. like, I storm yes. out of the RV. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm over this. Cause I knew he was lying. I'm like, why lie? Like, it's so unnecessary. If we're a final four, why lie to me? Cliff's face. Like it's not needed. And Mickey took that as me being mad at Tommy when it really wasn't. Mm. Um, so then the next day, cause I slept on it and the next day I said, all right, house meeting. If you're saying he's lying and you're saying he's lying, let's just hash it out. And with the two of them hashing it out again, I knew Mickey was lying. He used the infamous threat quote, yep. you know, and I could tell Tommy was being genuine, but again, even regardless of like who we thought was telling the truth, me and Cliff looked at it as, okay, everything else aside, who do we have a better chance of beating And the whole, I always said, Nicole, 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 Nicole. That was the one week that I said, Nicole and Cliff, like, how does Nicole and Cliff get to final three? And Cliff was doing the same thing, whole game, Cliff, 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 Cliff. Cliff. And that week he was like, how does Nicole and Cliff get to final three? And the two of us went back and forth so much, but we just decided everything else aside, better chance of beating Holly than we did Tommy.
0: But so you evicting Tommy, you were smarter than the lie. It wasn't really about the lie.
1: No. No. Not about the lie. If anything, I will say when the fight escalated into the bathroom and Mickey got so emotional and Tommy kind of shut down, that's when I did start to get convinced about the lie because I was like, oh, Mickey's starting to cry and Tommy is not fighting and not defending for himself. He's just going to sit down. So I was like, oh, maybe there is some truth to this. So. The only time I ever started to get convinced was in the bathroom right before the eviction. And do you
0: ever, I don't know if you have regrets per se, but you probably think of choices and things like that. Do you ever think of what would have happened if you had kept Tommy and gotten rid of Holly?
1: Oh, absolutely. All the time I say, because I know Tommy and Mickey were always oddly close. And I think like, okay, and maybe it's just me trying to make myself feel better. But Okay, get rid of Holly. Would Tommy have thrown the HOH? Maybe not. So maybe he would have won it and had safety. Yeah. Let's say Mickey wins the veto. Me or Cliff would have gone. And Mickey would be the sole vote. He'd be pissed at us for getting rid of Holly. Would he get rid of Cliff or me? He could get rid of Cliff. Okay, Cliff is still fourth place, and who knows what would happen to Nicole. Or if you have Cliff and me going into final three, he might figure he has a better chance of beating Cliff in the more physical comps. So maybe I would have gone out fourth. You know, I don't really know. Yeah, And I always... There's no way of knowing unless you're in that moment. Like I know um, Tommy has said to me, nope, I would have taken you and Cliff to final three. And I'm like, but you don't know that because Mickey is so good. And if Mickey would have gotten Tommy's ear, the two of them might have said, yeah, why are we keeping Nicole and Cliff together? Let's break them up, you know? So, you know, I think about everything and I try to play like it the way of like, nope, it wouldn't have worked out. I still, I would have gotten fourth instead of third. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would have worked out worse. Is there, so there's no, no, nothing that you can pinpoint where you're like, that would have put me... You know,
1: in the final two or... or... I think about it and I go, okay, if you get rid of Holly, it's me and the three guys. Mm -hmm. And let's say any one of them goes, I think, okay, I think any of the guys would have taken me to final two. I think Mickey would have taken me over Tommy or Cliff. Cliff would have obviously taken me and maybe Tommy would have taken me over Mickey and Cliff. So in that sense, I go, damn, with the guys, I probably had a better chance at those final two chairs than third but I like to convince myself, nope, I would have gotten (laughs) fourth. Well, and at that point, you had kind
0: of, you know, made your alliance with with Jackson and Holly, so... Yeah. Can't go against that.
1: Exactly. Like I said, Mickey crying in the bathroom and throwing that up, like, we were a team. We had Joel's backs. Like, that did start to convince me. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is a horrible thing to do. (laughs) Oh, the drama. Yep.
0: So then you get to the final three, because Sweet Cliff is evicted. Uh, sad day. Then there's a lot of pressure, of course, to win part one or part two of the HOH. Yeah. You don't, which is a bummer. So at yes. that point, are you like, I'm I'm, in, I'm screwed because this
1: showmance is not breaking up here? Yep. Oh, man. I would walk around the house and just joke like, you know, oh, you guys shot all the little duckies. Nicole's <laughs> the last little ducky. Like, that's it. I would make jokes like, just evict me now. Or like, I'm going to go out the little dwarf door. Like I would make all these jokes. But- I also would try to get them separately and the gamer in me, I would still try like, hey Mickey, you know you guys have been together all season of the duo, she's the more likable one you know, you might have better shot against me, or with Holly, I'd be like, uh, you want a lot of stuff, people are going to say hey, he's a winner, let's vote for him, if you have me at least we're more even, like I would try to plant those seeds regardless, but you tried hard. I guess <laughs> why I was so calm that last week because I'm like, if they pick me, that's freaking amazing. But if they don't, I see it coming, so it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: just how it how the cookies crumbled in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're in the jury. I think you're the ninth jury member, and yep. you go against the majority. Yes. And you vote Holly to win over Jackson, which he still won. But why did you do that?
1: So my argument was so. I know Mickey deserved to win. Comp East. Oh my So manipulative. Yeah, and he's a monster. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But, and I walked out on stage and when Julie had said, you know, Mickey won the third part of the HOH, I heard a bunch of the jurors go, Oh, he's a goat. He's a beast. He's got this. And I'm like, Oh, they're voting for Mickey. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what that final week, Holly sat me down a lot and talked about her game and talked about what she was doing behind the scenes and what she was doing when she spoke to Mickey and, And I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, she's not going to get enough credit. She's not going to get any credit for her game. She's going to be seen as, like, hiding behind Mickey. She's going to be seen as, like, riding his coattails when that wasn't the case. And I remember thinking, I hope she advocates for herself in a similar manner at finale night. But if she doesn't, at least I can give her credit for her game. You know? So in that moment, like, okay, we're going to vote. I was like, I need to give Holly the credit. Like, I feel like she didn't articulate in those final two chairs as well as she did when she was sitting outside with me that last week. And I'm there going, ah, come on. Yeah. It was so good when you like pitched to me that last week, but I I had to give her credit. Like I, she played such a good game. Like I, he deserved to win, but she did play such a tremendous game. And then
0: America's favorite house guest comes around Yay. Uh, Someone's question was, did you know it all or did you have a guess of who it would be? Because it had been a male for a long time. So So who did you think?
1: I always viewed myself as like a fan in the house watching Big Brother happen. So I would look at everybody and say, "Okay, as Nicole, the fan, who would Nicole see as the top three? And again, I guess it is kind of biased male, but I would say probably Sam, Tommy and Cliff because they're the, you know, more like down to earth, jovial, funny. Oh my God. I relate to him type of guy. So in my brain, those were the final three. And then the way, you know, everything was talked about with the controversies and everything. I was like, Oh, you know, Ovi might be up there for being an advocate or Kemi might be up there. And then I started thinking like, you know, maybe they would be up there. And I, I honestly never thought me, especially when they said Cliff, Tommy, I was like, Oh, it's probably going to be Sam. And I was so shocked to even be in the top three to be honest well
0: and that um that finale was pretty intense at times with you know addressing those controversies and and anything they talked about whether it was the way that jackson treats holly or racism or anything like that did you experience any of those things in the house
1: personally i didn't and i'm not saying that's like oh like hide things or put things under the rug personally i didn't whenever i saw anger or animosity. It was people against people. You know what I mean? Like I never saw it as like, oh, that's a race thing or oh that's a sexist thing. Like I just saw it as like, oh, them two don't get along. Ooh, them two. And that's the nature of life. People don't get along sometimes. So again, as a big fan, and I, I know some seasons are called the racist season. So to sit on the stage and hear all this stuff, I remember looking into the audience and thinking, oh my goodness, like am I on one of those seasons? Like, are we viewed as, like, a racist, sexist, bullying house? And it was shocking. Like, yes, you obviously, I, I experienced the bullying thing in the yes. HOH room, but to hear, you know, with the um, banishment, like, oh, because ageism and sexism, and and then, oh, like, I, I remember thinking, like, was I completely oblivious? Or do these things happen behind closed doors? Is it just the way it was perceived? I don't know. But personally, I never felt like I was... Like, people attack me because of, like, my sexuality or because of my gender. Like, I never, I don't know. I don't know. That was a big blow. Like, the finale was a lot of things hitting me at once. And I remember being like, what is happening? It's like whiplash. Like, it's tense. And then you're
0: thrilled. And then, you know, so it was was a lot. What do you uh, have, or maybe you have used it, but um, the money, what did you do? Or what will you do? So...
1: My money is currently saved. Yay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like to go to Vegas and like, you know, um, I actually just got a new phone today. So I'm very, very happy. I had the Samsung Galaxy S5 and now I have the S10 Plus. Woo! Yes. So I'm very happy with that. And then I'm saving my money for a new car next year. Good for you. Do you like Thank have a you. car that you've always wanted? I want a um, Toyota RAV4 so bad,
0: like an SUV. Yeah, so love them. Jenna Lockman said, in general, what surprised her most about the house and her experience on Big Brother? I feel like as a super fan, her expectations might have been different than others.
1: Oh, yeah. So the house, like I said, definitely the size. Smaller. Um, Also, I was very shocked at how little time we had outside. Like, I knew that's where they did the HOH comps and the veto comps. But I didn't realize, like, hey, out of the week, you're going to be locked inside with the same people for five of those days. Ugh. That was something that as a fan, I was like, oh, my gosh, I really thought, like, people were outside a lot. You're really not. You're outside at, at most two days. Wow. Um, and then I think also how close you get. Like, um, I think a lot of people, you know, saw this throughout my journey. But I started, you know, in the house very you know, don't touch me, don't, like, like, I'm me, like, don't come near me, don't touch me, I'm not touchy-feely, I'm not, you know, and I used to watch it as a fan and be like, how do these people get into showmances? Why are these people laying on top of each other like puppies? Why are they always (laughs) touching? Like, I don't get it, but being in the house 24-7, all day, every day with the same people, with no family, no friends, no companions, you get very oddly attached to each other, and, like, and coming from me, this is a big deal, like it makes sense now how close the people get and why they are always hanging on each other and hugging each other. Like I get it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that makes sense. And then you mentioned your journey too, which every person on my Facebook one said you're their favorite ever.
1: Oh, uh, I appreciate that a
0: one. And then two, just how they love your authenticity and how your journey to kind of self confidence grew uh, throughout uh, the show. Like, can you talk about your growth as a person from beginning to end?
1: Oh, man, absolutely. I actually, I went back to the preschool the other day, and one of the staff members said, you're still the same Nicole, but confident. And I think that's the best way to put it. Like, I didn't come out of the house, like, trying to be this other persona, or, like, you know, big head. Like, I'm still Nicole, but just so much more confident. And I said it on finale night. This, the game was so much more than a game to me. It was a process. And that's part of the reason why I applied. I'm like, I know there's a lot of downtime, I know there's a lot of time to think. And that's what I needed. Like I felt very stuck in my life and I needed to think and sort things out. And something about that journey, like being alone, just Nicole without my family, nobody to rely on, nobody to reassure me. It forced me to think for myself and make my own decisions and trust my own gut. And like I said, at the family, it, it taught me to love myself. And I know that sounds so cliche and so lame, but like I said in the beginning of this interview, I was so guarded and so armored and just like, like I said, leather jackets and combat boots and nobody touched me and like to be in the house and wear a tutu and, you know, <laughs> and skip around the house and sing. Like it was just so joyous and it just allowed me to accept myself. Like, I, I went into that house saying like, Oh, I'm quirky and I, nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Like I am what I am, but I realized when I saw all those other women, I was and am very insecure and I learned to be comfortable with myself and, I can't even like, uh, like express my appreciation for that. Like I learned just to accept myself and love myself and just be me. Why not?
0: (laughs) I would do big brother just to feel the way that you feel. I would do it. I would do it.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So we have a bunch of
0: questions about post-show and life from a lot of people. So I'm just going to, someone wanted to know, uh, first off any, any deets about watch what happens live with Andy Cohen. What was that like? Did you get to hang out with
1: him? Oh, man, that was, like, right when I got out of the house, it was such a whirlwind, and they had reached out to me, and I was mind-blown to even meet Andy Cohen, and he was so polite to me. And then it was like, oh, by the way, you're on the show with Dan Rath, Henry Winkler. What? Like, I'm a huge fan. I was like, wait, what? Like, the Fonz? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So it was amazing to be on stage, like, with them and watch this happen. And be a part of it, and then be asked questions by Andy, and then afterwards, like, meet Andy, and meet Dan, and meet Henry, and Henry, like, spoke to my family, and shook all of their hands, and we took pictures together, and it was just such, I think it was one of the uh, most amazing, oddest experiences coming out of the house, because, like I said, I had been locked away for so many days, I went from Nicole, to Nicole locked in this house, to all of a sudden meeting, like, Henry Winkler, so... (laughs) It was like just part of this like tornado of like
0: what is happening. <laughs> yeah, and that's so cool. The bartender position is like very important, very important. And then I loved how he he kept calling him Mitchy.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was like, so and I felt so bad because like somebody yelled at me, not yelled at me, but made fun of me the other day. They're like, you corrected and you Andy. Like, um, I mean Mickey. <laughs> I was like, I didn't mean to correct him. I go, I'm an English major. That's just what I do. I'm an educator. Like, we just redirected. So he said, Mitchie. I'm like, oh, you mean Mickey? You, yes.
0: You, I thought you did a really lovely job of correcting him. Yeah, really, <laughs> really good. Uh, Laura Granger, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but maybe you have something specific. Uh, now that you've had a chance to reflect, do you regret any game decisions you made?
1: Um, I really don't because when I try to rethink certain scenarios, I think... Well, then you don't know what would have happened. Like, I think, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have tried to pit those eight people against each other. That was maybe stupid. But then I go, but Nicole, maybe they would have stayed really close and really tight and plowed their way to final eight without you breaking them up. Maybe you would have been scapegoated anyway and gone home early. So like, the more I try to think of certain things, I'm like, there's no way of knowing how it would have worked out. So you could drive yourself crazy doing that. So I know it's like, lame to say, but, like, I have no regrets. No regrets. Because there's no way of knowing. Yeah,
0: true. Good. Jen Maxwell, what's her most memorable moment in the house or favorite memory?
1: Oh gosh. There's a lot, but I would have to say, from a game, BB fan standpoint, double eviction, when they're like, This is what we're doing. It's a puzzle. And I like, you know, I work in a preschool. I do floor puzzles. I had it mapped in my head. And I'm like, I got this. It's going to happen. And just sinking that ball. Freaking look, nailed it. Like, overwhelmingly, like, as a family, I finally won something. I won on double eviction. I'm going to get a letter from my family. Like, it was just everything at once. Amazing. Oh, and the
0: letter was so.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: I love how much you love your family, especially when Julie Chen is talking to you. And then you look out in the crowd
1: and you see your family. You Did you not think they were going to be there? I was, okay, so I was really hoping they were going to be there. And then I'm like, oh, it's finale night. They have to be there. But when I busted through the doors, like I did a quick scope and didn't see them because they weren't in the front row. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, maybe they're backstage. Maybe they're going to surprise me with them. And then I was sitting there talking to Julie, and that's why I was looking. Uh-huh. You know, as I was talking, I was kind of like, you know, doing like a pan. And I'm like, I really don't see them. I was like, damn, maybe they have them backstage because they know I'll react. You know, that's what I was thinking. And then. My, I just, like, in one turn, I caught my sister's smile. And it just like, and that's why I did, like, a double take. And I finally, like, ah! And there goes the weeping
0: festival. It's so cute. Uh, okay, Amber Rochelle, if you could have picked any other Big Brother season to be on, which would she have picked?
1: Oh, I would have to say... See, I'm biased because I would like to be in the house with Paul. Well, not No, actually, no. From a game standpoint, you I would not want to be there. He's yeah. very scary. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have to say, like, Derek season. Okay. Derek, Nicole. Because I feel like they were a very fun, connected, jovial group that, like, yes, they were playing the game. But, like, they had a good time playing it. Like, they had fun. They were tight and close. Like, I think I would like the type of air and environment of that house yeah i agree caitlin regina would she ever go back on reality tv yes <laughs> if you asked me while i was in the big brother house i probably would have said no i can't do this again no way but i've said this in every interview and now that i have kids but i call it childbirth yes during it you're like this is horrible this is horrendous no this is painful but then afterwards you're like wow that was beautiful loved <laughs> so it so it's kind of like yeah, like now that I'm out of it, I'm like, yeah, I could do that again. No problem. Is there <laughs> any other show? I mean,
0: obviously you would love to do Big Brother again, but is Absolutely. there anything else that you would
1: want to do? Um, Aside from Big Brother, probably Amazing Race. Yeah. Whether it be like with my sister or with like a castmate, I would love to do Amazing Race. Survivor, I think I'd die day two. <laughs> yeah, same, same. That's no good. <laughs> same here. I love this question. Lindsay
0: Evans said, what news stories happened while she was in the house? And, like, what was, was was most shocking for her to hear when she got back as far as things you missed in the news or friends or family? Yes.
1: So one of the most shocking things was the fact that Miley and Liam broke up. <laughs> we would always talk in the house about her song Malibu. And we'd be like, oh, yeah, they're the best couple ever. Like, we would all talk about it. So that was a shock. And then, not to bring it there, but a lot of, like, the celebrity deaths. Yeah. Like, when I heard them i i'd be like wait when did this person when did this happen what like um the star from descendants like that broke my heart to hear about him and it's weird to be out of it for so long and then when you come back it's like oh by the way this 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 it's 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 such a strange feeling because you you were literally under a rock (laughs) like how did you catch up like twitter or just a google search
0: how did you find out about miley and liam so Miley and Liam. Okay. So <laughs>
1: what my family did was they kept a little notebook, and every day if anything poignant happened in the news or at work or whatever, they would write like a bullet point. So I have like this notepad of a day by day, like what happened each day. So I I was like flipping through it and like Valerie Harper, and I remember being, like oh you know so they had like all the updates of what happened in the news, and that's how I found out about a lot of it. That's so cute. I love
0: <laughs> that. That's great so lame. <laughs> amanda kuramata she says she was at the after party the day after the show was it overwhelming to be around that many fans so quickly
1: oh my gosh that was no offense to the fans that was one of the scariest days of my life <laughs> because you know they were like oh come, you know there's gonna be a big big brother party i'm like great because i just wanted to see my cast mates like no offense to anybody like that was my thing i'm like i want to see like David, Kemi, Obi, like I haven't seen them in so long. Sam, like I want to see those people that I haven't seen. I want to see my jury members. And I went to that party, <laughs> and I didn't realize it was open to the general public, which is fine. I like fans. I like people, but there was a lot, and I didn't use my brain. And I stepped out of the VIP area, not realizing who I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I got in encapsulated by people. Like, I was encircled, and everybody was grabbing at me. And I freaked out. And you—it's funny because if anybody looks at the photos from that party, I'm in like a sequin jacket. I look like a rabid raccoon in the daytime. Like if, if anybody looks at those photos, you could see it. Like I am like wide-eyed, like tunnel vision. Oh yeah, like you could just see it. I look like I'm like on something. Like I am like it's just a bit. It was a bad night. Like it was it was nice to see the fans and my castmates, but it was a lot. And by the end of it, like, I, like, Ovi was the one that brought me home. Because I was like, I'm, he's like, are you done? I'm like, I am done. Take me back to the hotel right <laughs> now. Like, I'm to freak out. Like, it was just, it was a lot. And that's why I didn't go to Vegas. Like, I was like, that's enough for me. Goodbye. I
0: mean, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone either. That's not my vibe. No, no.
1: How, do you feel
0: like you've normalized now? Like, do you, do you get recognized a lot or?
1: Yeah. So depending on where I go, I'll usually get recognized like one or two times. Like today I was in Costco and I got recognized three times um target i'll get recognized like twice the airport i'll get recognized like here and there but that's okay because it's like one or two or three people
0: but like fifty thousand people yeah Yeah.
1: so if it's like hi how are you take a picture of that i'm like oh cool i like meeting everybody that's really awesome i like to hear their input it was just that like meet and greets can get scary if they're not organized because then everybody just swarms and like i said i love the fans but it just I never thought I'd experience that. It's a very scary feeling to be like, oh, wow, everybody literally wants a piece of you.
0: Literally. They want to yes. like, grab you, touch you, yes. love you. Do you have a favorite fan interaction?
1: Oh, yes, I do. So at that after party that I didn't particularly care for, <laughs> what, I, what I did like was I had a fan. Um, I wonder if I could see yeah, it. I won't obviously say any names or anything. Had come up to me and said, you know, you are such an inspiration to me. You are just so quirky, but you embrace it, and you are what you are unapologetically. And I've been a closeted gay for many, many years, and you just taught me that it's okay to be me, and it's okay to, like, embrace myself. And he was crying, and it just, that was right when I got out of the house, and it just hit me so strongly that this person that I had never met was just so strongly affected by the way I played a game that, he's better able to live his life. So that was one of my f- ultimate favorite moments. Oh, it was so great. Love that one.
0: Here we go. Jennifer Jaworski, and you have might have touched this. You're one of my favorite house guests ever. Oh, thank how, you. How hard was it to stay true to yourself while being in a house with so many strong personalities?
1: Oh, I don't think it was so much that it was hard to be myself. It was more so hard to accept myself. Because, like... I wasn't like, oh crap, I better be like these people and, you know, be confident in a bikini or I better, you know, (laughs) it wasn't so much that. It was more so like I had to accept myself. So like when that big like bullying thing happened, I was so upset. I went to the DR and I cried for like three hours and I was in there crying and I said, I'm not like these people. I'm not ruthless. I'm not competitive. I came to play. I didn't come to compete. And it wasn't so much that I needed to become competitive. It was just that I needed to accept the way I was going to play the game and be okay with it. And the same thing with like, just living among them like that first week I remember saying, you know, me and Nick were sitting outside and I'm like, I'm not like these girls, you know, they're all gorgeous and confident and you know, nothing wrong with it. You know, walking around in bikinis and some of them brought high heels for like the live shows and they have their hair extensions and their makeup and that's fine. I'm not judging that, but it wasn't me. And I remember comparing myself to all of them and it wasn't that I was like, damn it, I better get out the dresses and makeup. So I'm like them. It was more so that I had to say, Nicole, you're fine. Just do you. It's it's okay that you're different. It's okay that you're not like them. It's okay that you're not sitting down with them doing your makeup. It's okay they're doing it, but it's also okay that you're not. And that's what I had to learn. Yeah. Amen.
0: Love it. Okay. Oh, another one from Caitlin Regina. How has life been since the show? Is she teaching?
1: Oh, so, okay. So I just went back to the preschool on Friday. During the day, I met a lot of the students, which I, oh my God, I missed them so, so much. I didn't realize how much I did until like the like coming up to me and saying hello and hugging me. And I was like, oh, dear God, I need to come back. So I actually am taking the steps, like with the paperwork and everything, to go back, not full time because there's too many like meet and greets and trips coming up, but just as a sub, like when I can go back and just like be there for a full day or half day just to help out when I can and just like get that normalcy back. Because I miss i miss the kids so much. <laughs> I would. But you're
0: busy doing the uh, the big brother stuff right now.
1: Yeah so
0: bizarre, but yes. <laughs> don't, don't be ashamed. It's cool. Whatever it is. It, it'll, it only lasts for so long, I feel. So you got to take advantage while you can. Very true. Yeah. Lauren Olander, did she ever go on a date with Tommy's brother? I know he <laughs> talked about setting her up with him.
1: Um. Uh, the black and white answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll, say, I'll answer uh, not yet. Not
0: yet. There you go, Lauren Olander.
1: But the fans know I'm awkward. I'm very private. I don't talk about that kind of stuff. So. Right. That's <laughs> why so I was like, I'm gonna try this one. We'll
0: see, <laughs> we'll see where it goes. I want everyone to follow along with you. So tell everyone the social medias and
1: the and what you're doing and your
0: projects and stuff.
1: Sure. So I am on Instagram, Nicole Anthony at Strong Island, Nicole. And I'm on Twitter, Nicole Anthony, at StrongIslandNI2. And, um, and then look out for me on the TV Co. app. I will be doing a show covering the circle with my man Eric. <laughs> and then we're going to start cooking after that show. Yep. And I'm also going to do just a Nicole show. What exactly is going to happen just yet? I don't know. <laughs> you mean like a YouTube thing or also? Yeah, it's like an online um I guess like for like an online app. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you can watch me and like I said, I'm not really sure the exact topic of my show, but I'm going to be answering fan questions and giving advice and just talk about life. And do, And as a fan said, I'll just be Nicoling. That's what's happening.
0: I feel like that's just talk. Being yourself is being enough. Yeah. You know, oh, thank you. it's what everyone loves about you.
1: Oh, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> also, I read online that you had platinum blonde hair for a really long time.
1: I did. I'm I'm wow I had like this length blonde okay then I cut it shorter and then I shaved one side so it was blonde with my brown and then I cut it like pixie short platinum blonde so my driver's license the whole time I was blonde <laughs> was long brown and then when I went back to red now my driver's license is short blonde but I should really upload pictures so people could see my yeah, hair I journey was say
0: where can I see like the evolution of your hair I will. I have the. I'll put it on Instagram. You should. My hair disasters. <laughs> well, my mom, growing up, she always wanted me to like never touch my eyebrows. She was like, "Don't, don't tweeze them. Like, let them be." And then she made me this massive evolution of her own eyebrows as like a lesson to me, where they were like all weird and tadpoley, and at the bottom it was like, "This is what can happen if you." <laughs> start tweezing your eyebrows so yep. if you can make something similar from going through one of those disasters. <laughs> haven't, haven't we all had our, our moment where we got a little bit tweezer happy?
1: Just, just a little bit because <laughs> you know, you're in a zoom in mirror with tweezers and like that one has to go. This one right here. You take the mirror away and you're like, Oh my God. I
0: have half an eyebrow now. Yep. <laughs> so true. Well, Nicole, it was so good to to talk to you. You're, you're like inspiring me to like myself. Oh uh, yeah, you should. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm working on it. Yes, you got this. Everyone, follow Nicole um, at the places where she told you, and give her suggestions, maybe on what you would like to watch of her, nicoling, and thanks for your time. Thank you. Well, uh, I'll chat with you soon and send you the link, and and please post that hair photo. Okay, I will. Okay, have a good night. Thank you. Bye, bye